Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Light Up Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Gailey Dutton. Today, we have a special guest all the way from Finland. In this week's episode, I'm going to share with you an interview I had with Siru Janita. I had the pleasure of meeting Siru here during my exchange program in Italy. Siru studies at the University of Finland, and she's specializing in clinical nutrition, where she's looking forward to stepping into her career as a nutritional therapist. She is not yet a licensed professional, however, she is on her way, and I say that to inform you that this episode is merely a conversation and a well-informed opinion. As I was having conversations with Siru before the show, I was literally wishing you guys that I had a mic on me to record some of the things that we were discussing because of how interesting, informational, and important the content really was. So naturally, of course, I had to invite her onto the show and share with you. Before we dive in though, you know I respect you guys and I'm here to empower you to make the healthiest decisions in your life and that looks different for everyone. So I do want to provide a content warning for this episode. Please be aware that there is discussion of eating disorders, of sexual abuse and mental illness and I really want to respect anyone who might be sensitive to this kind of content who may find it distressing or even just a lot to take in in general. In this episode, Sudo and I dive into intuitive eating versus restriction, diet culture, keto, intermittent fasting, body shaming. We also talk about how to manage weight effectively and even the science behind how your body actually digests and processes food. I'm so excited for you to listen to this super special, special interview. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, Siru Hanita. Yanita. Yanita. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I had a totally wrong accent. Sira, I'm very excited to have you on today. Thank you. Me too. Really excited. Yes. Yeah. So before we get into some of the big questions, I was just wondering if you could share a little bit about your background, your story, and how you got into nutrition and why you're passionate about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Sira. I'm studying clinical nutrition at the University of Eastern Finland. So yes. Apologizing beforehand if my English isn't perfect, I I it's think great. I manage it. Yes, uh, I'm studying clinical nutrition and gonna graduate as a bachelor of health sciences this uh, summer and then continue straight to my masters and I will uh, graduate to be a registered dietitian. Actually, how I ended up to study clinical nutrition was like I was first thinking about studying medicine, but mm-hmm. I was like. I need to study there some points that don't interest me. Yeah. And clinical nutrition is that it combines everything I'm interested about, like biology, chemistry, psychology, anatomy, and helping people. And I, I want to help people uh, when I work, but I want to do it like more preventive healthcare, not like actually like when you already got the disease. I yes. want to help people beforehand. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I'm passionate about is like preventing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so huge. So one of the things that we were chatting about that I think would lead us really well into the rest of the show was we started talking about having this like healthy relationship with food. What, like, how would you describe that? And what do you think it means to have a healthy relationship with food? I was just thinking, first of all, relationship with food is always evaluating through your whole life. 
it's not like all set and done. Mm -hmm. And when you say healthy, it's always like a bit liquid. There's bad moments and good moments, but all in all, if you have a healthy relationship with food, it should be positive and neutral. Mm. What I mean with the neutral is that uh, food should not be too big part of your life, but it should definitely bring joy to your life. So when you ask me this question, I write it down. A healthy relationship with food is flexible and permissive, not strict and restrictive. Mm -hmm. That is the most important thing. And neutral and positive, as I said, but uh, the neutral and positive attitude towards all kind of food and eating, including what, when, with who you're eating. Yeah. And also towards your own body, towards your own self, like okay. how you see your body. So it's, even like body image. Yes, Okay. exactly. Like you don't think how, how it, how you would say it, how important you are to yourself or how good you are mm -hmm. in considering what you eat. You should not feel guilty if you eat. You shouldn't foods. change the way you view yourself yes. based on what you're putting in your body. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And then to kind of go off of that, what are the effects of restriction and on our relationship with food then? It's actually been shown in many studies that if people restrict their uh, like eating behavior and they have like strict uh, relationship with food, mm -hmm. it's connected with weight management problems okay. uh, and problems with self and body image, eating disorders, worse body uh, satisfaction is the right word. I yeah, guess. body satisfaction. Yes. Yeah. And if we are too restricted with our relationship with food, we lose the like neutrality about the food. And then it became to like be too big part of our life. We think our everyday decisions through the food, and that is not you should see food. Yeah, because it should not uh, bring anxiety or bad feelings to you right. thinking about what you have eaten or will eat or should eat, and what you feel like I want to eat but I can't. Yes. So that would be described as like restrictive. Yes. yes yeah. That makes yes. total sense. That's so interesting because I think it's really easy for people to want to live quote unquote healthier lifestyles, Yeah. but then it can sometimes lead into restriction because it's like, I can't have that. That's like a bad food. Right. Or that's a good food. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, <laughs> bad food. And good food is the thing I really, really hate about. We're going to talk about toxic diet culture, but that is like one of the key things yeah. in toxic diet culture. I really hate that because there is no good and bad food. Yeah. Uh, we, you, you, also, you also use in America the food triangle, right? Yeah, we use a food yes. triangle. Yes. There is, a there is the sweet part. It's part of our every, everyone's nutrition. It right. should be. Right. Because... What? The sweet part at the top of the yes. food pyramid? Yes. yes. Okay. Because there is a point that, uh, yeah, maybe if you strictly look at like the only the physical part, it's not that good for you. But uh, what is doing for your mental health? Yeah. It's just like, we are not physical and mental like separated. We are all together. Yes, definitely. So uh, if you eat sweets every once in a while, do it. 
Enjoy yeah. it. But that is the point. Enjoy it. Don't feel guilty. Mm. And when you eat it, just like, yes, I'm eating it. Now I can enjoy it. Don't like, feel, don't feel guilty and don't feel like, don't, I would say if you want to enjoy your sweets, just have like, I don't know, is it, it maybe sounds a bit wrong to say concentrate on it, but okay. don't like fast and run, you know. Like quickly eat and yeah. not sit and savor what you're having. Yeah. 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 And that's also okay sometimes. But sure. yeah, of course, there is like, I would say our nutrition should be part of like, it should not, how would I say it? Uh, our nutrition should go with our life. We should not like plan our life through the nutrition. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really, really good. So you kind of already mentioned it a little bit, but let's just jump right into that. Let's jump into diet culture the biggest issues with diet culture and your your opinions on it as a future nutritional therapist. Ah, uh, diet culture. One word: toxic. <laughs> toxic is the only word. <laughs> so, cause like all the things that are people are, for example, marketing diets or like workout, mm-hmm. uh, like they are selling workouts online. They're always showing like before and after pictures. Yeah. That, no, don't, if you, if you are couch and wanna, wanna market your, whatever you are, yeah, I would say don't do it through before and after pictures. What are the issues with before and after pictures in your opinion? There's the thing that uh, you give an image that when you've lost, lost weight you're a better person Mm. that that is not the case we think skinny and healthy is the same thing but it's not Mm -hmm. and toxic diet culture is like it's giving a really strict image of what is healthy what is beautiful and what are we all should be because the fact is scientific fact is we all have our own biological weight right like and a set point set weight right yeah that we body is like if we eat and like do our everyday life mm-hmm. as we should we are like counting how much you should biologically get calories and there is the point of our body is set with the weight you should not think about your everyday life that how you will be how you can be in the same way all the time. Right. Because if there is a point that you always think that, uh, okay, if I don't do this and this exercise and eat like this every day, my body is gaining weight, then you're like trying to live with those kind of routines that are not good for you. Right. Your body needs more yeah. than you are giving it to the moment. Yeah, definitely. Even just like talking about it makes me just get angry because of my own experiences with just my health journey and trying to gain weight and how it felt like there was not a lot of resources out there for women specifically in regards to like gaining healthy weight and just gaining weight in general, right? Because it's so true. I feel like our society and our culture really focuses on losing weight and that having more weight is unhealthy, right? And then being thin or skinny or losing weight is like good and positive when really 
that's not always what's needed. Why do you think our society glorifies being skinny? That's a really good question. But or, and do you think it's changing also? Uh, I hope it is, and I see the change, but I feel like because I'm studying these things and I like, for example, follow people on social media who are like really positive, body positive, mm -hmm. and like telling about fat phobia, maybe I'm like living a bit like in a happy bubble. Sure. <laughs> I don't see yeah. what actually happens out there because <clears throat> yeah. that's not what I want to follow, for example, my social media. But uh, that's a really good question, like, why is it that way? I think that maybe we, for some stupid, really stupid reason, we think that you have, like, self-control if you are skinny. Mm. And if you have a self-control, you're, like, good in life. You, yeah. yeah. And that's not the case at all. There is a thing I could talk about, like, ours, mm -hmm. a fat phobia. And our society is really fatphobic. Why? Uh, like, I think we, because we see that if someone is fat, fat, she or he is not having self-control. But it's not the case at all. Um, <clears throat> for example, there's been many studies that people who are fat are treated different ways in work. Okay. And healthcare and like everyday life. We think that fat, fat people, people are more, like, not capable to do things as you could, would be if you were skinny. Mm -hmm. And that is really stupid. And actually, that is part of, like, it's not affecting only the fat people, but also every, like, everyone. Because we are scared of, like, what if I gain weight? People maybe, like, treat me differently. Yeah. And that is... That is horrible. That is really horrible. Yeah. The thing about like fat phobia is it's like really diminishing our public health. Our public we, health? Yeah, public yeah. health, like all in general, because people who are, uh, they should lose weight. They're overweight. They are really scared of uh, trying to get help because they don't get like taken seriously. Mm. And then people who have like body image disorders are like seeing the size society giving only one mole of good kind of body. If you look TV shows, mm -hmm. commercial, there is no fat people. There is. It's always the funny fat one. Yeah. And that is that is horrible. Yeah, it is. But how even in like the modeling industry, the plus size models are not even. They are not plus. They're size. not they are normal. plus. So let's let's change gears. Binge eating and overeating, I think, can stem especially from restrictive eating. What are ways people or listeners, if someone's experiencing this or, or dealing with this in their personal life, what are ways that they can overcome it? Binge eating and overeating. I think, like, of course, from my point of view, go see a registered dietitian. That is the first thing. If you don't even have to be that you feel like you have problems still, it would be good. I think every one of us should sometimes have a good conversation with a professional about our relationship with food. Because there are so many aspects that you not haven't even think about. Maybe you eat when you're sad or you don't know how to handle your difficult emotions. That's yeah. one of the points people might overeat. Yeah. So first of all, see the professional. Mm -hmm. 
or like see the toxic diet culture and fat phobia around us and then you realize why you think so why you feel so is because of the society right and follow people on social media that are telling about this block the people that are not making you feel good about yourself mm-hmm. and there's also a lot of books of this kind of topic yeah yeah it's so true i love that you say that siru because the content and the things that we are consuming mentally can literally affect our physical behavior which is so interesting to me and i feel like it's something that we don't really talk about oftentimes and even sometimes in our studies as fitness wellness nutrition students we don't always talk about that part but it's so relevant and there's a thing I would want people to see about fat phobia. For example, when I was doing my uh, internship, I met a guy who was really overweight. And then we ended up talking about that he has been sexually assaulted when he was a kid. Mm. And he felt that when he gained weight, he kind of have a barrier. Oh my god! Yeah, that uh, he's safe when he's, there's a barrier of body that no one is touching him. Or then there's uh, people who are, don't know how to handle difficult emotions about themselves or world. And then they might be scared of social situations or just like really difficult relationship with food or the self. Yeah. It's not that you are not strict enough. We have to be so cautious in judging people or making assumptions about people's level of health why they look the way that they do because you never know someone's story clearly man how was it to hear that it was really sad it was really sad i can tell you now because it's back in finland yeah i'm not telling names but yeah i i like i was thinking about it like many days afterwards yeah it must have impacted your how i see my future patients yeah Yeah. to just have that like empathy and that understanding Mm. i think oftentimes in the medical field sometimes people that are overweight we were chatting about how if someone who's overweight or obese comes into the doctor with a health issue sometimes like the only thing the doctor will say or one of the first things they say is like well you just need to lose weight when really their weight it might be a part of it but it's not always a factor yeah Yeah. and then well give me advice how to lose weight eat less and exercise more nothing else that is the reason why i would love to Giving, giving more knowledge to doctors about what we as the di- registered dietitians are doing because they I, I don't know is it the same situation as us but at least in finland there's many doctors that doesn't know what we do mm-hmm. and how many ways relationship with food affects your like physical mm-hmm. but also like your mindset something that we talked about before was you have keto you have intermittent fasting mm-hmm. like all of these things that are being put out there in terms of like losing weight I know a lot of people personally who have practiced these diets and some people see results. Some people like lose weight and they feel like it's working really well. And so I can't argue against that, but I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on on things like keto or intermittent fasting and how that really affects the body. And if you would recommend that to to someone. I wouldn't recommend keto to anyone. Keto is, it's nutrition made to be people who have disease and have to be like restricted restricted with the nutrition they like or the diet they do. But for example, if you have problems with your kidneys, you should drop all the phosphate away. Not everyone should do it. Same with keto. 
it's designed to people with the disease, it's not for everyone. And I would say our blood cells and brain need glucose. If we don't get the glucose enough, we produce it from somewhere else. Right. And that means fats and protein. If we do it a lot, like many, many years, it it is really hard for our kidneys and liver to produce it. For people who aren't aware, keto is basically just, it's cutting out a, like carbs it's mostly, cutting, yeah. correct? Yeah, cutting okay. out of carbs and eating a lot of fats. Right, and carbs are what produce glucose in our yes. body. Yeah. Yes, and um, keto is lacking fiber. And fiber is the thing that every nutritionist is like, this is, this is the key for so many problems. And when we don't get fiber, our intestines are working really lazy. And our intestinal is not only working with our like feces, of course, that is also a health problem that if we poop twice a week, mm -hmm. there actually might be a higher risk for cancer. Yeah. But also what our intestinal does is producing a lot of hormones. So if our intestinal is not working because lack of fiber, who knows what effects it yeah, has like, in yeah. the long term in many, many, many years. Sure. So maybe people are able to like lose weight really quickly, but their body could be affected in like yeah. much bigger ways. Yes. Yeah. You might lose weight, but is it the healthy way? I'm not so sure about that. Sure, yeah. yeah. So kind of leading into that, I think something that is gaining popularity is intuitive eating. Can you just like dive into that? Share with me like why that would be something you would recommend, what it is in general, and how it works. Intuitive eating is the thing we talk about a lot when we talk about how we, what kind of diet we should have. And I think that is the only diet we should have. Okay. Our body is super clever. There is so complicated hormone system that gives us saturation signals and it always reflects what is happening in our body. Okay. And if you are really restrictive and restrict the amount of food you're eating or type of food you're eating a lot, it might get mixed, mixed the natural saturation signals. Sure. So intuitive eating is trust your saturation signals. Trust that it's telling you when you should eat and what and how much. Uh, the most important thing in intuitive eating is that when you eat, eat. Don't do 10 things at the same time. If we concentrate a lot something else than eating, and we do like lunch in the car while we speak on the phone, then you don't concentrate on eating and you might eat that much that your saturation signals is not fully re like reflecting what you're eating. Yeah. But intuitive eating is not restricting amount of food or what you eat. We trust our signals and our body is telling what we need and when. When intuitive eating is made with the food trial, Mm -hmm. food trial and good eating rhythm is the best way to have your nutrition. Also a thing about intuitive eating is that it has really good effects of eating disorders and if you have disordered eating behavior that is really good for that too. Okay yeah yeah. Then there might be someone what well if you're really overweight and the saturation signals are not working correctly 
then there's a different kind of procedure of learning. Yeah. How much you eat and how much you need calories. Sure. But that's different. Yeah, that's really interesting to talk about saturation signals because... I think it kind of explains these cravings we like to call mm-hmm. them when it's like, oh, like I'm just really craving this. And I know that just from what I've been exposed to in my culture and I've noticed that like cravings are sometimes seen as like a bad thing. Like, oh, like I'm craving this. Like I really shouldn't, but I really want it. Or maybe you're craving something salty or sweet or whatever it is. And it sounds like these saturation signals are saying like, hey, like I need, I need yeah. this. Yeah. And it's also shown in studies that uh, people are that are restricting you actually crave it more. Mm. If you're denying it from yourself, you feel like you I want that more. Which could lead to like binging yeah. or overeating yeah. on that food. Yeah. Maybe when you do get access yeah. to it. Yeah, and I hate that people say I lost control and ate too much. That oh. is that your body is taking what it needs. Right. If you're really restricting what you eat. Right. And this might not be everyone, but I think that some people who are maybe trying to or are thinking about leaning into intuitive eating, I think there might be a fear there of not trusting ourselves and yeah. not wanting to trust our bodies and be like, can I have this sweet or can I actually eat this? Especially someone who's coming from a more restrictive diet. Mm-hmm. What would you tell someone who's maybe nervous about trying to lean into intuitive eating or practice it? I would say when you eat, make it to be like peaceful. Don't do them things at the same time. That is when your signals are really working. And you don't have to do it 100% all the time if that is really scary for you. You can eat, but if you feel like I'm really scared of Mm -hmm. eating sweets, for example. If I'm really scared of eating dessert after my meal. Mm -hmm. Do it when you like feel that you could do it. Sure. And also one thing that intuitive eating is usually easier to uh, do it is when you're having company. Mm. Chat and eat at the same time. Yeah. And really focus on the food. Being present with our food. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely agree because we can sit and enjoy it and appreciate it and also probably helps with digestion to eat slower and yeah, yeah, take our time. And then one thing I would love that people stop doing is demonizing the food. When Mm. we eat, don't say that I deserve this because I exercised or Mm. that I should exercise because I ate this in order to be able to eat more yeah or that oh now I eat this I'm gonna be so bloated or like I need to get into summer shape Mm. or lose the Christmas calories yeah Stop, stop saying that yeah is there anyone that you would say should not be an intuitive eater. There is like some biological problems, like there is some kind of diseases. There is hormone called leptin, and if there is resistance of leptin, then there's a situation that your saturation signals are not working. But it's really, really uncommon. Yeah. Most of the people who are gaining weight don't have that. Sure. And then there's the people who have like really bad problems with binge eating, they probably gonna need professionals help yeah. to get to know the intuitive eating. Sure, yeah. I'm not sure how familiar you are with bodybuilding or any of that. I'm not sure um, like how familiar you are yeah. a bit. I know a lot of people who have pretty consistent diets, like where they're eating 
generally the same foods every day just to hit like their macros and things mm-hmm. like that like getting enough protein and carbs and fats and I think like it works really well for people to like build muscle and make sure they're getting enough calories mm-hmm. obviously this is your opinion but what are your thoughts on that because clearly like some people do that for competition to compete I think of course it's like when you compete in sports it's not healthy like there's many like figure skaters footballers everything it's not the way everyone should eat they like their body is their tool to right, and right. work so that is totally different but from my point of view like young girls doing fitness and losing a lot of weight to get like really ripped yeah it's not the thing i could recommend to anyone because what the, i was about to say before that are especially we as a woman we need fat to produce mm-hmm. hormones same with the guys and um like when we think about like our mindset there is eating disorders called picoraxia and anorexia athletica which means that sports and how we see ourselves how our body image it's changing on to be more unhealthy because we just think about how we are kind of like we see ourselves that we are never enough we mm. always do better we never settle yeah and that is also part of toxic diet culture that uh, we think that we never settle with ourselves we always want to get better yeah in some point that might be like a good thing and push yourself to yeah. like do your best right. but then it might end up being really unhealthy and toxic also yeah i definitely think it's really important to find that balance in every area of our life because the listeners that listen to this podcast know i'm really passionate about just bettering ourselves on a daily basis but also with that comes like appreciating who we are today yes and actually it's also been shown in studies that if you exercise because you're not happy how you are Mm. that thing that you lose weight is not probably gonna make you that happy you should be happy with yourself or like if wow or that uh, you should concentrate trying to accept you as you are and before not, yeah and not uh, like look going through the satisfaction with yourself when i'm that weight or yeah. when i lose that amount of weight yeah then i'm happy with myself yeah it probably doesn't work it probably doesn't nutrition diet uh, exercise it's all like it all has to do with like our physical bodies right mm-hmm. but it really it goes so much deeper like we are so much more than our physical makeup and it's so evident especially like in this field we see how who we are how we perceive ourselves right if we're having like a positive image towards ourselves or a negative one how that really can impact our our physical bodies and and who we are like as human beings which is yeah. really crazy that's really true it's yeah. so interesting and um, when you were saying about the fitness and bodybuilding of course that is also a thing that maybe intuitive eating is not good because if you want to get build muscle you, you need to eat a lot yes it depends on the person what their goals are what situation they're in but for every person, someone who's not in that, it's probably... Yeah, yeah. and maybe there needs to be, like, uh, when people say that not everyone can do this, yeah, because of the physical part, but also the mental part. Right. That you are 
you have good mental health that you don't lose your like healthy relationship with food and that's what and how at. you see yourself that you can still see yourself as a healthy way even though you know that you probably need to lose weight to yeah to compete definitely so that is the thing that i think people should be, be more strict about especially young girls trying to compete in fitness right that they have the good body image uh-huh. and they have good relationship with food before they go to the compete because i've heard so many stories about young girls that had for example anorexia and recovered but then uh, competing in fitness is giving them permission to strict their diet mm. and be yeah. like not be able to eat whatever whenever they want totally that's so yeah. interesting before we like close out i just have a couple more questions what are some general nutrition tips that you would leave with people who are trying to create a healthy relationship with food and just enhance their nutrition i think people are making eating too difficult in these times (laughs) to be honest like it's not that difficult you have the plate model like half and then one quarter and one quarter right in us yes that is really good like if you want to eat healthy that vegetables and fruits they are like Eat more, get more fiber, because the fiber is the thing that also is really good mm-hmm. for your intestinal and for your health. Then eat. I would say like enjoy eating. Okay. Get the joy of it from uh, actual eating. Don't live your life through nutrition. Like it, it's part of course everyone's life, and it should bring joy. But try try to neutralize that if it's giving you like bad feelings or anxiety. I should definitely recommend uh, get to know with intuitive eating and like, see the toxic diet culture and fat phobia around us. Don't be too, too restrictive. Yeah. And don't evaluate yourself through food or what you look like. I really like that. Yeah. So a question that I love to ask everyone that comes onto the show is this. I want you to imagine, unfortunately, that tomorrow is your last day on this earth. However, you have been given the best opportunity, the most amazing opportunity to share insight with everyone alive on the planet. If you had this opportunity, what piece of advice would you share in order to light up their life? I would say first, don't judge anyone because of what they eat. Or what they look like and be kind to yourself and life is short eat and enjoy food <laughs> i love it i love it oh the rain was going that was like perfect podcast yeah. vibe we'll see thank you so much for just joining me today i really believe that a lot of people are going to benefit from just your your words, your wisdom. I know that we're both still in school. And so anyone listening to this, we're not officially licensed in anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think some truth in a lot of what we, we spoke about. And I think it's going to help a ton of people. Is there any way people can find you or, or reach you that I can share? Uh, I think my Instagram. I know it's uh, difficult for you to say. But Siru Janita. S-I-R-U-J-A-N-A. Siru Janita. Zero, yes. Perfect. Yes, I are you. Perfect. Well, I will 
link you in the show notes so that people can find you and reach out if they want to ask more questions or just see your really cute page. And other than that, we're going to... That is all for today's podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will catch you next week. Bye guys.